In this module, we're going to be investigating verbal communication in the bedroom. So this would include voice commands, dirty talk, debriefing, after sex, and general communication in and let's say just outside of the bedroom. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles podcast. Now, before we dive into this and look at what to say, when to say it, what definitely not to say, under what circumstances, how much to talk in the bedroom and so on, let's first uh, have a think about the alternative, which maybe you're familiar with. Because most men are like silent ninja assassins in bed. And I know I used to be like this myself. You know, I'd be in there not making a sound. Barely, you could barely hear my breath. The girl might have been, you know, making noises and saying things. But for me, I felt like saying anything would be silly and cheesy, right? So, you know, I'd, of course, like everyone, I'd seen pornography and seen guys you know, having this, and girls, having this running commentary, the entire sex scene, oh yeah, ooh, oh yeah, that's so good, oh yes, in my ass, yeah, that's in your ass, I'm going to put it in your ass, it's in your ass, it's in my ass, you know, just like kind of continually babbling nonsense, the entire sex scene, and whenever I would watch that, I would be thinking, shut the fuck up, dude, because you're breaking my concentration, I'm trying to focus on the girl, or this sounds ridiculous and silly and cheesy, no one would ever talk like that in bed, and if I did, the girl would laugh me out of the bedroom. And she probably would, right? So that's not really the way that we probably want to be communicating in the bedroom. Although when you start learning to calibrate to the needs of each individual girl, there will be girls who like to just babble stuff kind of constantly in bed. Like they like to have a verbal continuity of communication happening. And if she's just babbling to herself and you're the silent ninja assassin, she's going to feel alone, left out and like we're not actually connecting, right? So yes, okay, we might have that kind of experience sometimes. But in general, just to, you know, make you hopefully allay some fears here, this is not about, you know, rattling off constant poetry, erotic poetry to the girl throughout the full sex scene. That's It's just not going to be the thing that most people want. It's unnecessary. Of course, it's going to take me out of the moment if I have to constantly think of how do I narrate the thing that I'm doing in real time, right? So that's not what I'm talking about. But if we don't say anything in bed... This means that we have to rely completely on our nonverbal communication and our intuition, essentially, in terms of what's good to do and what's not good to do. And there's a there's a lot to be said for nonverbal communication and for your your organic kind of intuition. Many things and probably most things will be communicated that way. You know, like if I draw her into me by the back of the neck and then, you know, tilt her chin up, obviously I'm communicating to her, I'm going to kiss you. And so her body feels that and she you know consents in real time lifts her chin up opens her lips a little bit and I didn't have to say necessarily you know lift your chin open your lips I'm going to kiss you now and she's like yes daddy kiss me and I'm like here's the kiss it's coming and she's like oh I can't wait for the kiss you know okay we don't need any of that but if we only rely upon that then we're going to miss so much right like I'm, I'm very good at intuiting and feeling and observing the you know the tilt of the woman's hips or the flush in her cheeks or the way she took a big breath in and sighed or the way she like flinched a little bit and created some tension to protect herself and so on. And so there are so many things that I can adjust and calibrate on the fly without necessarily needing to talk about it. But there'll be many things that I do need to talk to her about in order to get it right. By now in this course, you know that we're not learning uh, one set of techniques that we apply identically to every single woman we're with, right? That's sexual arrogance, 
which would lead us to presuming that we know what we're doing every single time and not allowing space for the woman to communicate back to us that actually could you do that a bit softer or harder or left or right or actually that thing's not for me, right? So being the silent ninja sex assassin means that you will have to rely on your what you perceive to be the right thing to do and maybe depending on how intuitive or how, let's say, aware and responsive you are, adapting to the, the responses of the woman. When we start to introduce verbal communication in the bedroom, it allows us to very rapidly and in a very sexy way get to know our partner, understand what she likes and doesn't like, and particularly how she likes what she likes, right? So whether if I'm spanking her and I'm just like, I got this, I'm the spanking guy, I know what I'm doing, and I'm like 10% too hard on her and she's kind of tolerating it because it's not that painful, but it's not really comfortable. So she's every, with every strike, she's in her head just kind of flinching a little bit or preparing for the pain. And so in that state, the spanking is kind of worse, worse than useless, right? Because she's not enjoying it. She has to monitor every stroke. She's kind of tolerating it from, from my ego and all because I, do, I wasn't able to just go, how's this? Is this like out of 10, what is this? And she says, that's an eight. And then I go, oh, okay, mate, a little too hard. Should I back it off a bit? She's like, yeah, okay, how about this? So I back it off 20, 30%. She's like, that's right. Cool, just that little exchange. Now I know the right pressure to spank that girl. And now it goes from something that was an ordeal for her to something that's really pleasurable. And of course this, you know, uh, creates more rapport and intimacy because we're communicating, right? Because I'm showing that I care about her. I want to make this pleasant for her or excruciatingly awesome for her. And I'm willing to adjust and to the needs and I'm not fixated and set on doing the thing that I know or think I know what I'm doing, you know, to protect my ego and to feel sexually, you know, powerful or arrogant uh, at the detriment of the, of the actual sex act between us, right? So just opening up the dialogue often makes the woman respect you more, feel more comfortable with you, and it allows her to then communicate back to you if she's, you know, if she feels shy or nervous about it. And then we have a dialogue going and now we can work each other out. Now, our verbal communication isn't just about words that we understand in the language that we both speak. It's about sounds, right? So another thing that I used to never do was make any kind of sounds of pleasure, any sighs or moans or deep breaths or growls or let's say verbal affirmations that this feels good saying, yes, fuck yes, or my cock feels so awesome inside you or any of that kind of stuff for the same reasons, right? I don't want to, this is all silly and weird and like, moaning and sighing sounds gay or or just like I'm putting it on I'm trying to like force it or something like that so yeah for my first I don't know how many partners I was pretty much silent in bed and as a result often the woman was pretty quiet as well right we pick up on each other's vibe and energy which is good when it's good and can have a negative kind of spiral effect when when it's not good so you know I had a lot of silent sex with my partner being pretty silent as well this is something that I really encourage you to start learning and developing how to vocalize your pleasure. The reason being, well, there's a number of reasons. One is that it makes the pleasure better for you, right? So, you know, if you're fucking and then you deliberately decide to take a deep breath in and like let out a masculine moan of pleasure, this will affect your physiology. Right, like it's a, it's a. That's what we do, kind of naturally, when we feel stress. We take a big breath in, and we sigh, right, to kind of reset ourselves, to to relax. And if we force ourselves not to do that, some people, you know, might feel that natural impulse to breathe in and sigh, and you might repress it. 
and you tend to be in this kind of locked space. Your breathing is shallow, it's up in the lungs, you're not using your belly, you're not expanding your ribs and your, your chest. You're very much kind of locked into a, a tight physical structure. But part of like allowing yourself to have deep rhythmic breathing is that I get to expand my belly, my ribs, my chest to undulate through my spine to start getting like this emphasis on full full body kind of holistic pleasure as opposed to, you know, I'm looking at the tits and I'm feeling my dick and I'm just in my own kind of locked in space. And in a way I'm disassociated from my partner, even though I'm as physically close as I could be, we can, we can feel kind of separated. Right? And simple things like synchronizing the breath, like noting her breath and then breathing in deeply and then just letting out a, right? And then maybe I coach her, breathe in, sigh, I want to hear it. Ah, you know, the girl lets out her sigh and then we can start building this rhythmically together. You know, we can add that in with some informal tantra. So starting to build up the breathing or it's just simply that we're getting, you know, kind of lost in this like messy, sexy, aggressive flow as we're building up and fucking harder that we're, ah, oh, ah, oh. <clears throat> like allowing that to come out uh, is really powerful because firstly, as I said, it like, gets you more embodied and allows you to feel more of your wild man to unleash more of that. You know, what is below language, right? What kind of animal am I when I don't speak any words, but I just make sounds? And that is fucking sexy. Now, the tonality will make it not sexy if I was like, oh, ooh, oh, yeah. Okay, probably most girls are not going to kind of like that thing. But, okay, she gets the masculine version of pleasure sounds. This turns a woman on. Now, of course, it could be done way too much, you know, like the guy in the porno who's grunting and growling and, and, you know, moaning every single breath for the entire 45 minutes or whatever that they're having sex. Yes, for most people, including you and you and your partner, that's going to kind of feel contrived. And, and it's like, now I have to always do it, right? Now I'm the guy that grunts and growls all the time. No, like sometimes, you know, if I'm coming in close and we're slowing down, I'm not making noises, our breathing's more subtle and, you know, there's just like the soft touch of the breath on her neck, for example, and okay, there's no sounds and maybe we're not saying anything for some time, right? So again, I'm not saying you need to narrate the, in the entire scene. It's that as we need to communicate something or as we want to give her rewards or as we want to encourage her or as we want to put pressure on her or as we want to objectify her, right? Or as we want to check in with her and see where she's at and figure out to, how we need to calibrate and adjust, Right? So all of these different scenarios and various other ones where using our verbal communication makes it very easy, speeds it all up, cuts out confusion, creates rapport and intimacy. Right? It means that, okay, we can communicate and figure out very quickly, okay, now you need to move up a little bit and rub the clitoris 20% less hard and now we're sweet. Whereas if I'm trying to just go, I got this, I can feel, you know, if I can just feel and read her signals, okay, maybe you can. And I'm, I'm, I've read many women's signals and I have got the spot without needing to necessarily say something. But just as many times or, you know, many, many other times, I've just checked with the girl because I'm not quite sure. I can't. Her arousal responses are not particularly obvious. It might just be a little change in her breathing or it's an internal change that I don't necessarily notice. And so I have to check in. I have to communicate in order to get it right. When we start to add these things into play, it becomes way more fun. There are so many more options. Now, there are absolutely some internal barriers that we need to address in terms of, you know, how do I bridge that gap initially? And I, I understand how it would feel maybe awkward or weird or you don't know where to start. Do I need to go from silent to a poet in the bedroom instantly? 
because that can seem really daunting and overwhelming and I don't know where to start. No, well, I'm gonna break down into various different components. You know, that's what I do, I'm a sex nerd, right? Breaking everything down into sizable chunks. And we can look at different definitions of verbal communication, break them into different categories and look at how to start to apply them very simply, very gradually, often with just a few words, simple voice commands, simple rewards. Uh, in this way, we can start to introduce verbal play into our sexual play. And then we need to see how, how our partner responds, right? Because some women love to, love to talk. They love to have a dialogue often in the bedroom. Uh, others don't really want to say anything at all. And so, you know, you know, you might put out a testing phrase or a question or something, uh, and she just kind of grunts or, or just gives a one word answer or goes, mm-hmm, or something like that. Cool, I might test that again a bit later. And I note, this girl doesn't like talking in bed. That's okay, right? Because maybe for her, her experiences, she likes to go more internal. Having a dialogue maybe breaks the concentration for her, especially if she's building up to coming, for example. Like, especially coming closer to orgasm, I'm less like talking to her except in terms of adjusting technique, right? Because I'm allowing her to be in her space to not have to talk to me because she's like, dude, I'm having an orgasm. Just do your thing. I'm with you. Um, so, okay, there'll be times and places where it's not necessary or inappropriate for me to keep talking at the girl or talking with her. And as I said, there'll be some girls who talk much, much less or not at all. Some girls who like to rant and babble and have a, an ongoing dialogue with you. Cool. We adapt that as with every single technique in this course, we adapt it to the needs of the moment and to the needs of the girl and then it starts to be something that really, really connects you and your partners. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural, Natural Lifestyles, Lifestyles Podcast. Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The, the Natural, Natural TV. TV. See you on the next episode.